Welcome, welcome. Hi, everyone. Um, hi, guys. We're so glad you're here. Give me like five more seconds. I'm going to finish setting up my camera. It's being a pain, but we're so glad that you guys are here. Oh, my gosh. So happy to um, see everyone. We're so happy. Uh, yeah, Kent is going to be here in just a few. We're just going to go over a couple things with you guys. Yeah. Uh, we got yeah. a couple things to go over before Kent comes in. Uh huh. And my camera is being a pain in the ass. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's always something. Yeah. There. Ah, there we go. Okay. Let's roll. Let's jump right into it, guys. Thanks so much for coming. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, everybody, for being here. We're so excited. Awesome. Today's episode has been like, oh my God. We, uh, we've been talking about this literally all day. So all excited. All can't week wait. Even. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so much content. So yes. excited to get into it. Yes, we had to condense pretty much everything that we had into just a few, not just a few. We have a lot of questions, <laughs> we got a but lot. um, we have quite a few questions for Kent. So anyway, uh, let's just jump right into it. I'm going right. to go to Google Doc. Is, are you first or am I first? I think you're first. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> of course you are. Right. Of course I am. Shoot, I almost dropped the mic. Oh, shit. Well, this is the Two Ghouls Podcast. We're your hosts, Sam and Katie. If you're new here, we're two cousins looking to show our weekly listeners some scary true stories surrounding terrifying paranormal experiences or real-life run-ins. In short, we're your weekly source of scared shitless. If being utterly petrified by fear is your thing, you have come to the right place. Disclaimer, we are extremely aware of the fact that we are discussing real life instances with real people. It is something that we're very sensitive to. Please understand our commitment to respecting the human beings involved in these stories. If commenting or interacting with an episode or on our social media, slander of any kind regarding the people, whether they be anonymous or not, will not be tolerated. Keep your opinions respectful or don't share them at all. It's that Mm -hmm. simple. Today, we're going to have Kent Burris from Ghost of Carmel, Maine on YouTube channel for the second time. We're going to be deep diving into more of his insanely convincing and moving paranormal content. The last time we had Kent on, he went into great detail about some of his most emotional investigations, like helping families reconnect with their departed loved ones on the other side, how he came to live in such a haunted home, how his channel changed from what trying to show his friends and family what was happening around his house and having amassed over 200,000 YouTube subscribers. Kent moved into the house that is not now named the Lamb House mm-hmm. in 2014. Moving into the home came under very convenient circumstances, which makes us wonder, was this fate Or was it the spirits of the home pulling him in because they knew that he was the right person for the overwhelming job of dealing with the amount of activity that resides resides there? Since beginning to document the paranormal happenings in his own home, Kent has ventured out into investigating other haunted locations around the state of Maine and has captured thousands of EVPs countless apparitions black shadows and crazy amounts of video evidence of things that simply cannot be explained Mm -hmm. we're incredibly honored to have kent back on the show to give us more details behind the scenes accounts of his investigations and to answer some questions about what he's experienced we're both avid watchers of kent's content so we're very excited that he's going to be back on here 
Um, in today's episode, we're going to be focusing on Kent's latest investigation in Bucksport, Maine, along with getting some additional information about the several spirits in the lamp house of the Mitchell family. And then we'll end with a viewer Q&A. So you guys need to make sure that mm-hmm. you stick around to be able to ask any questions that you have for mm-hmm. Kent. Mm-hmm. All right. So without further ado, here is let's do Kent Burris. You're freezing. I don't know. It's just running really slow. Yeah. All right. So I think I'm going to make the executive decision to just go ahead and cut off your camera just because it's lagging and um, it's going to cause some technical issues. Yeah. You don't want it to affect the audio. Okay. Yeah. So press the camera down there and just put a slash through it. It should cut off your camera. There you go. Perfect. All right, guys. And we can hear you perfectly. Too. Oh, yeah. It's crisp. <laughs> okay. All right. All Sam. right. Sorry about that, Kent. Um, but we're going to go ahead and jump into mm-hmm. the, 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 the beef of this episode. <laughs> and I do want to say for people that are watching, we're going to give an additional disclaimer about Kent and his content uh, because Kent has respectfully asked that. Uh, he's asked of us to avoid topics about the demonic and dark activity that he's experienced in his home and elsewhere. We understand that this type of content is very intriguing and interesting. However, we take the fact that this, that this is a topic that he would like to avoid very seriously. So we ask our viewers to kindly do the same while keeping in mind that Kent and his family live in the lamb house Mm -hmm. and that people sleep there. It is not, a museum that shuts down and the doors get locked once the sun gets down and there's nobody in there. This is a real home. Mm-hmm. If you would like to see any of the content that contains that sort of paranormal activity, you're welcome to go to Kent's channel, The Ghost of Carmel, Maine, which will be linked in our description below. And there's hours and hours of footage of that sort of content there. Mm-hmm. And so Kent, um, I'm going to go ahead and start with the questions uh and then katie will take over the other portion of the interview and so i'm going to be focusing on the last investigation that you posted and in that investigation it was the first half was about sarah wares who was murdered in the late 1800s and her skull was kept in evidence uh for over a hundred years um However, when you spoke to her in the cemetery, she said that she was at peace. Do you think that the stories of her haunting the town could have possibly been in that time where her skull was kept in evidence? And then when her skull or more of her body was buried, that's when, you know, those stories and the hauntings stopped? Because I found that really interesting. Yeah, there's a good possibility that is the case that after they um, buried her skull, I mean, maybe she was at peace after that. I do know that, you know, there's a very good possibility her, her actual body's buried somewhere else, but they don't really know for sure. So I, it, it's possible that's what the situation is that you know, once they buried her skull, she was more at rest, I would assume. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my thought because um, 
I, it's, it's confusing because I know that you said in your latest video that like there's theories that like the rest of her body is in a lake somewhere. Yeah, Silver Lake. Silver Lake's man-made and they were, they relocated burial sites from that land, but there are so many unmarked graves and so many different theories about what happened. But when they filled that land up with the water to create the lake, they believe that there is still a lot of uh, burials there, which would now be obviously be underwater. Right. It would be like drowned out and all of the bodies would enter into that man-made lake. Yes. It was very interesting to see that, um, you know, she answered you and answered your questions. And then she was like, I'm at peace. And then there was no additional responses. Mm -hmm. I found that very interesting. And so the other thing that I wanted to like tie into that was um, when she said that she's at peace. And then shortly after she stopped responding because she was at rest. Um, do you think that when people attempt to contact their loved ones that have passed on, could they potentially being, could, could they potentially disrupt their loved ones rest or them being at peace because they're trying to communicate? Or do you think it's just people come and go whenever they want to, and they answer when they want to? You know, that's a really good question. Um, I believe that no matter what realm of spirit's in, if they want to communicate, they will communicate. Mm -hmm. But as far as someone trying to contact a loved one because they miss them and they want to talk with them, and um, it's possible that if that spirit, the loved one does hear them, it's possible they could disrupt their peace due to the sorrow that that loved one's going through. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, I think that if, if a loved one really wanted to contact somebody, they would find a way, but I don't advise just contacting a loved one, just, just to contact them. Mm. You know, I've had people ask me if I would contact their loved ones. And I said, I, I don't do that. That's not what I do. I'm not into, you know, practicing contacting the dead like that. I know that you talked about that in the last episode that you were on of Two Ghouls about how after um, you were uh, you were reached out to by Jimmy's mom and there were people reaching out to you being like, can you contact my family for, for me? And they And you were just like, no, that's not what I'm here to do. So it's an interesting yeah. insight because... Um, hearing Sarah being like, yes, I'm here. Yes, this is what happened. And then her saying, I'm at peace. And then no more answers. Mm -hmm. I found that so intriguing. And it it gives a good insight into grief, like grieving as Mm -hmm. a living person and having people on the other side in a different realm and wanting to still be able to connect with them, but not wanting to disturb someone's peace. And I think that that's uh, really important because if that's the case, if yeah. you're going disturb, to disturb someone's peace, that's not what you would want to do to somebody that you care about, right? Right. Usually I would have done a third follow-up on that investigation, but after going over the recordings and listening to the all, all the evidence, I just concluded that, you know what, I need to leave her alone. Mm. You know, just the yeah. word peace – 
and I'm pretty sure that was Sarah Ware. You know, it, I guess to her it's not relevant now. If anybody knows who murdered her, it's not. I don't think it's relevant to her to her anymore. I mean, she's just if she's at peace, it's best just just to leave her at peace. If that makes any sense. It does. Well, and I feel like having your skull in evidence, it, like in an evidence room for a hundred plus years, I would be over it too. <laughs> not in a funny way but seriously yeah. it's just like i just want like, to I'm rest done. and just be done with it because you don't have mm-hmm. like a final spot to say okay i'm done mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna calm down now <laughs> so that's why i was yeah. curious about like the hauntings of her if maybe they that story originated from while her skull was in evidence and then possibly ended once part of her at least was buried um right then then another question that I have about that same video, but in regards to the witch foot curse, um, during that mm-hmm. investigation, it started with hardly any responses at all through the EVP and the spirit right. box. And you said that in your heart that like you weren't all the way like feeling like you were totally into it, into that investigation. No. But your son was super enthusiastic and really determined because he he felt that he was getting responses, even though there was a lot of extra noise from the cars that were passing by. Um, right. Was there a turning point in that investigation where you said, OK, I feel like my heart is kind of in it now and I, I get it? Or was it not until you looked back <laughs> on the audio and you hear her foot straight up, like clear as day? Yeah. And you're like, okay, now I believe it. Now it's now it's worth it. You know, that's that's why that video sat for over a year, and I never even looked at it. And yes, you're right. In all honesty, my heart was not in that investigation. And the reason why it wasn't is because so many people have debunked the witch's foot. You know, so many um, things talked about online how you know, their ideas, how it has nothing to do with paranormal. It was just, it's just a stain in the granite from the iron in it. But I, I, you know, I I saw both sides, but my heart just wasn't in it. You know, it just, I didn't believe it was a witch's foot dancing on Colonel Buck's grave. It was an interesting story. And I think that... (laughs) You know, I mean, yeah, but it's it's definitely interesting, and it and it's drawn a lot of tourism to Bucksport. But I think a lot of people were kind of like, yeah, you know, that's just a story, you know, an interesting one, but just a story. But my thoughts were, when I did the investigation, that one, there's no way I'm going to hear any evidence because of the traffic. So my heart, and and the, the, the debunks. The stories that's been debunked repeatedly. Yeah, my heart just wasn't in it. But when I went over the recordings, I finally went over the recordings over a year later. And I was pretty surprised what was captured. And I noticed during the investigations, and there's a lot more video, by the way. We were there for three hours. Oh, wow. But there was nothing really substantial it was a child's voice that started out was the first communication of a child. Yeah. I did hear that child when I was there, but 
I wasn't sure. I'm like, well, I have to go over the recordings. But when you're standing there in an investigation like that and you're running that spirit box, you can't hear none of that. Even yeah. if in a quiet room, you can't hear what these spirits are saying. It's it's like a bleep of sound, and, and you know that there's possibly spirits talking, but you have no idea. Not unless it comes through crystal clear, which is very rare, but you have no idea what they say. When I went over that evidence and heard that, what really shocked me is everything was pointing back to a child on this investigation. Yeah, I noticed that. The, you know, and I'm like, okay, what does this child have to do with all of this? So when she said he, he shot me, I'm hurting. And then another spirit said what they said about, you know, the, that he, he hurt them, the children or the child. I started looking at that witch's foot a lot closer, and I took screenshots of it, and I ran it through different color filters. I'm like, wow, you know what is really strange? This little girl says he shot me, and I'm looking at this leg right above the foot. It looks like an entrance and exit wound of a bullet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seeing that in the video was so like, it was just like, psh, it's like, okay, here goes this folklore. And then here's mm-hmm. an actual child speaking. And then you draw it out so that everybody can actually see where there's like an entrance exit wound in this stain in this granite, which is really bizarre, I have mm-hmm. to say. Right. But it's convincing. It's weird mm-hmm. because the EVPs on that were so clear considering all of this right all of the noise in the background yep yep it was very clear and she definitely went out of her way to get her message across but it was after i i was still skeptical okay is this is this a child's leg is was she shot is, is this what she's trying to tell us but after doing a historical search in maine with all these wars i was reading how there were a lot of children killed in these wars yeah. By all sides, the, the Indians, the British, the colonists. I mean, they were going around just slaughtering everybody that was on the land that was on the other side. They wanted them gone. And it was quite bloody. Yeah, That's when, in my opinion, this was definitely a child's leg and foot. Mm-hmm. And this was a message from her what war did to not only her, but the people on the land, mm-hmm. you know, as a reminder, what war can do. That's my assumption. It's not fact because obviously I would have to go back and do another investigation to, to get confirmation. But this is an assumption on my part that that's what the witch's leg and foot's all about. I think I'm kind of at the same place as you yeah. because when you when you spoke about that and you went into such deep historical theory like um like facts it it kind of all clicked it was like all full yeah. circle but I do want to take a yeah. break from like the heavy uh like war stuff and we'll come back to it in just a second but I do have kind of a silly question for you if you don't <laughs> mind <laughs> is that <laughs> You know, when you're doing the Witchfoot investigation, you guys went back at night because you guys were there during the day and there was just too much noise. And you said, okay, we're going to have to come back at night when hopefully there's not much traffic noise and stuff. And then I'm watching this video and I'm seeing all of these like headlights pass by while y'all are in the cemetery at God knows what time at night. But then I'm like, 
are there people passing by in their cars <laughs> just seeing these like dark figures, which is actually like Kent and his son, and they're freaked <laughs> out. Is that something that ever came across your mind? Just like people might be looking, <clears throat> me walk past. Oh, they. What is that? Yeah, they they definitely knew something was going on because we had that place lit up like a Christmas tree. Normally, it's really <laughs> dark there. But <laughs> we brought all of our lights and we oh lit that God. place up. I, mean, I love that. You know, it, it was all lit up. <laughs> so, but I did I, I did notify the town of Bucksport that we were going to be there at nighttime. So cool. they notified the police department. So everybody knew what was going on. Nobody's calling the cops on you while you're in the cemetery. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's some quacks up there that has the cemetery all lit up, you know. <laughs> Might want to check on them. I had to ask that question because the first thing in my mind is like, if I'm driving past the cemetery and I just I see like just a bunch of lights <laughs> and two people walking in the graveyard, I'm going to be like, what is that? What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, we couldn't we couldn't get into the graveyard itself. We had to be right. on the other side of the fence. Oh, it's all right, fenced right. in and locked up. Okay. I mean, if I made arrangements, I'm sure they would have let me in, but. In all honesty, during the time, I didn't make arrangements because I'm like, well, I'll just do this investigation, but I doubt we're going to capture anything. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and and the last, uh, not last question, but one of the last questions I have for you about this specific video um, was that in a lot of instances of paranormal activity, specifically when it comes to being something uh, cursed, Native American burial grounds can be a big source of those curses. And you went into a lot of historical detail about the history of Bucksport and Maine itself, including how much war there was with the Native Americans, like you were just mm -hmm. talking about. And I was curious because in the beginning of the video, you were showing how there were uh, other Native American graves that were being discovered and being marked with mm -hmm. red bricks. And I was curious if you think that any sort of curse in regards to this town specifically could have been placed by Native Americans, considering that there is obviously a Native American burial ground where there's already a cemetery for other people as well. Um, do you think that it could be residual energy plus that, or do you think it's just um, spirit in itself? In all honesty, I don't know. I mean, that's something that I would have to investigate. And if there were any spirits that answered the questions to, so we can know one way or the other, I, I don't, you know, cursed is a, is a really tough word i mean it's a tough word yeah. when i'm cautious to use it even when and i didn't want to talk about dark stuff but you know i will bring this up this part up when i found out that my grandmother was a witch you know and then uh there's family members believe that our family was cursed because of what she did with spirit attachments I don't, I'm, I'm very careful using that word cursed, right? You know, because I, like I said, I'm a, I'm a skeptic when it comes to the paranormal for me to say that that land is cursed. I'd have to have really solid proof from a paranormal investigation that would convince me enough to come out and say it's cursed. I have to be convinced first. 
I'm like that in every one of my investigations. I have to be convinced what these spirits are trying to tell me. Mm-hmm. Some people get annoyed that I ask the same questions over and over again, but I want to see if I get the same responses over and over again. That's how answer. I get confirmation. Exactly. I want to make yeah. dang sure before I say something in a video that I have some type of, of confirmation and evidence to back it. Mm-hmm. But as far as the curse part, I, I can't answer that. I have no idea. And I've heard that a lot of people talk about Indian burial grounds, that if you molest them in any way, that you will be cursed. But my question is, is that a belief or is that a fact? You know, and (laughs) how do we know? I mean, where do you draw the line between a belief and a fact? Mm -hmm. That's why we have to be careful when we do paranormal investigations. We have to set aside our personal beliefs. And go with the facts. That was my biggest failure at the Bucksport investigation. My personal belief was I wasn't going to capture nothing, so I went in there with an attitude. Joshua's personal belief was, hey, we're going to capture something by God, and I'm going to talk to these spirits until they come through. And he did. They came through for him. Yeah, he did it. (laughs) Well, I really appreciate you entertaining that uh, that question. It was very interesting and Mm -hmm. I can understand the way that you answered it. Um, I did want to talk about in the promo for your new investigation that comes out this month. Mm -hmm. uh, One of the spirits specifically tells you to investigate Effie, which I found really interesting. How does it make you feel when these spirits and these ghosts, they trust you with their stories and they trust you with, you know, figuring out the information that's going to connect the dots, just like how you've done with yeah. Rachel and Naomi in your own home. Mm-hmm. But now you have spirits outside of your home that are literally telling you, do this, investigate this, yeah. look into this and find the answers. How does that make you feel? Well, that's kind of a two-edged sword. Um, there's one side you feel honored that a spirit would come and talk to you and ask you for something. But then there's another side that you feel troubled because you're taking on a responsibility that you don't know if you can fulfill their request or not. So it's yeah. stressful. You know, okay, they. I, I know what's going on. I more than, you know, with this Effie investigation and I'm still in the process of investigating that. But I do believe that she wants us to know who killed her. I do believe that she's troubled. It Mm -hmm. seemed like she did just based off the EVPs in the promo Mm -hmm. video. And I can imagine that it's got to be very overwhelming and it feels like a a big weight on your shoulders when you have a spirit that's reaching out to you and saying, this is what you need to look into. And it feels like there's some sort of trust there that they Mm -hmm. trust you to look into it. Yeah. I I believe that is the case with some of them. It's, you know, there's, there's even in the lamb house, there's names that come up and they ask for help. And, and unless I get the information, what they want help with or what's going on, I, I, I don't know what to do with them. I mean, you know, I'm very big on, if you're going to ask me for help, tell me what you need, what's going on. 
you know, you have to put yourself in their shoes. Most of these spirits are are people that died sudden, unexpected deaths, if you think about it. They never got to say goodbye to their families. They never got the last word in. When their life was taken from them suddenly, it it was it's a sad situation because I mean, imagine if you run to the store real fast, you don't say nothing to your family, you just jump in a car and go, and all of a sudden you're killed in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And your spirit's standing there and you're thinking, well, how do I get to say goodbye to my family? How how do I get to let them know I'm okay? Yeah. Do they know what happened to me? Do they know the circumstances behind it? But when somebody's murdered, I mean, that's even worse. Yeah. Because their life was tragically taken and they never got they never got to say goodbye to nobody. I mean, it's just it happened suddenly and it's just it's you know, it's a sad situation if you put yourself in their shoes and think mm-hmm. about it. That's sad. Mm, absolutely. So true. Well, and we really commend you for all of the work that you're doing, Kent, because oh, I know that you're helping awesome. a lot of people and a lot of families, I don't know, breaking mm. generational stuff that's, you know, yeah. being passed on. And then we know so it's we- a lot of behind the scenes stuff. I know it's not everything is on the YouTube channel. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Well, and I can't you know, just there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a lot of people said, well, you will ask, well, do you know exactly why there's certain things going on in that house? And yes, I know exactly why, but it's something that I can't talk about right now. It's, it'll eventually come out, but, uh, you know, there's just so much stuff going on behind the scenes that I can, I can tell you as far as this activity in the house, why it's dark, that's been solved 100%. But it's very, very dangerous situation. Absolutely. Well, we completely... But, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and once I found out, once I learned everything, it got worse. Mm. So... I bet. Yeah. You know, but when... When it comes to... I like, you know what? I like doing investigations like Myrna Fahey, the actress. I mean, yes. coming across her. Yes. I mean, I love stuff like that. I want to solve Effie May's murder. I mean, yes. I want to be able to help her and do something with that. That's the type of investigations I like. Oh, yeah. You know, Rachel, Naomi, you know, they wanted to tell me their story, what happened to them. Those are the investigations I like. I'm not into you know, doing investigations on creepy stuff. It's just, that's not me. Well, and I I can assume that you don't want to take the risk of being tormented. You know, that's not something that you want to do when the camera shut off. It's probably not something that you want to deal with. Mm -hmm. No, no, Mm -hmm. nobody will ever understand what the last Mm -hmm. few months has been like for Mm -hmm. me. I I don't talk about it, but I just, I just, there's a lot that's that's going on about it. Yep. Yeah, yep. I mean, we yep. are so respectful of that, Kent, and we completely understand oh, yeah. boundaries on that, and we're not going to push those at Mm-mm. all. Nope. Not um, happen. What I did want to talk about right before Katie takes over was how we talked about in the last episode of Two Ghouls that you were on about how you came to live in the Lamb House because your wife was working at the Mini Mart right next door, basically. 
Yeah. And how yeah. the house came up for rent. And do you think that it was fate or you think it was the spirits that were in the house that were drawing you to the lamb house because they knew that you were like the guy for the job to handle everything that was going on there? Or it has something to do with your family, family relations, relationships to the spirits that are there? Or is it just kind of like mm, coincidence? Hmm. No, I, that, you know, that's a good question. I mean, it's possible it was fate, but I don't know. I mean, I can't answer that one way or the other. I do know that other residents that lived in this house experienced activity as well. And there's a good possibility. I mean, it scared them out of the house. They, oh, you know, wow. Kevin and <laughs> a couple other residents I talked to that lived in here, that one day they'll get on camera and talk about it, but you know, it scared them. I'm kind of like, well, you know, on this, I knew something was going on in here. There's no doubt, but I just didn't want to get involved with it. I just didn't want to, you know, I wasn't really into paranormal stuff, but it just got to the point. It was so out of control. I was convinced, okay, this is definitely paranormal. Even though I didn't mm. believe in it at the time, right. I was definitely convinced that this, there's something going on here. And some lady wants my attention. She wakes, waking me up in the night, calling my name out. She wants my attention. And, and, you know, it's a question of is, is this fate or was I just someone that was willing to listen to what they had to say? Yeah. That's a really that's good, so you know, I don't know. Could be possible. Very it could true. be possible that everybody else was just scared and ran away. And yeah. you were just like, this is weird probably paranormal but now i'm gonna listen in that's a really interesting take on it yeah i'm a curious cat sometimes it gets me in trouble but you know <laughs> i had to, i was so curious and fascinated by this and what took place that you know when you see an apparition moving in the room mm -hmm. and they're sitting there playing with the furniture at night and you hear yeah. hear them talking it's kind of like wow i mean this is amazing. I, I got to turn on the camera and capture this. Right. It's oh, impossible to ignore. And then if you just tell somebody about it, where you're just like, hey, this happened the other night, somebody's going to look at you like you're crazy. You're crazy. Instead, you yeah. have like an actual video of this stuff happening, which is why everybody who's watching, we've, we've both said that Kent has literally the most convincing paranormal evidence on the internet that I have ever seen. I know historically <laughs> sound like Kent does his research. Yep. And well, I think it's there too, like I said, I told these spirits a long time ago, I said, you guys are going to have to convince me you're real. Exactly. You know, if you want me to investigate this, if you want me to be involved with this, you're going to have to prove to me you're real. Yeah. And that's my motto. When I do an investigation, if, if, if you're troubled, if there's something going on and you want to talk, you need to convince me. Yeah. And once I'm convinced, it goes into a video. Right. Mm -hmm. But I have to have the evidence that convinces me. There has to be something there. Now, when when I was still full of doubts about this activity in the beginning, and I flat out said, look, I don't give a damn if you have to appear in front of me or whatever you have to do. You need to once and for all convince me how real this is. You need to show me. And that's when they showed me by appearing in front of me. And that scared the living freaking crap out of me 
that I don't say that anymore. I do not I mean, say that. I do the, not ask them. The rest yeah. of us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Be, because then I, not. it was like an avalanche, you know, and it just, they kept coming and coming. And at nighttime, I'd see them move across the room. This is when I'm not even recording. They'd be moving across the room and, and you can, you, you see them and it's like, okay, all right, I'm convinced already. Knock it off. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh my gosh. I can't, I can't even imagine what that would feel like and, and, and having to sleep there and you're, you know, seeing these people yeah. like on your bed, in your window, all of this Oh my stuff. God. Yeah. Um, I think Katie's well, going to take over. Oh, sorry. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead, Kent. I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off, oh. Kent. <laughs> no, well, this is, the way, this is the way I see it. I'm, if you think about it, there's spirit realms all around us. Oh, yeah. Around you, around all of us. You know, it's there's spirits there everywhere. You know, imagine how many people's died since the creation of man. So there's quite mm-hmm. a few spirits. But it's what causes, you know, the question is, well, what causes a particular place to have a haunting? And that's because there's a doorway broke open from that place mm-hmm. into the spirit realms. You know, I mean, you can have spirits around you, but you may not have a doorway where they can interact with you. It's when somebody creates that doorway when they start interacting. Mm -hmm. Well, do you think that um, tragic things occurring can like manifest into those types of doorways, like murders or super violent crimes or something like that can manifest? Oh, definitely. That's what I would definitely. (laughs) Definitely. It's it's people's acts, acts that they do, things that they do that causes these doorways to open. It's not spirits themselves that open up the doorway. It's people that open it up. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Katie is going to take over and take into her segment of what she wants to talk about with the Mitchell family and the spirits Mm -hmm. that reside in the lamb house. Um, I'm going to go to the bathroom really quick and then we'll pop <laughs> right back into it. Sorry. I've had two kids. Oh, take so, your you time know, here. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly how it goes. But yeah, in the meantime, I'm going to read some of the comments if that's okay to you, Kent. Okay. Uh, a lot of people are saying like, uh, yeah, everyone loves your channel because you do delve into the more historical side of everything. You don't just give paranoia as evidence like Mr. Bacon was saying. You give actual facts which that's that's why a lot of people are drawn to your channel because you give you wait until they prove it to you and then you jump into sharing it with everyone else which is what yeah. i love yeah um yeah but i guess that's really it i'll just wait till she comes right back We're so glad you guys are here. We have 11 concurrent viewers. Um, just a quick reminder before we delve into the second segment, uh, we will be doing a Q&A at the very end of this episode, um, a respectful one, of course. There will, no, there will not be any questions surrounding um, the darker content. That's just not going to happen. So if you guys have any other questions about like Kent's experiences with the actual like humanoid spirits in the house or uh, uh, his newest like videos and projects those would be more than welcome 
but without further ado, I'm just going to jump right in. So, Kent, welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, in our last interview with you, we uh, very briefly talked about your experience with the spirit of Rachel Mitchell. Um, and before I get into the rest of my question, I want to say, like, the last three days, Sam and I have just been binge-watching your videos. Oh, my gosh. And- you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> We've just been like watching the ones about Rachel and I was specifically going through and like trying to find stuff about Rachel but the more I went in and tried to look up Rachel the more I kept coming in contact with Naomi and and Naomi and Rachel's mom Evelyn and um Edmund like there's just no way we can just talk about one specific Mitchell family member without getting into all of it so yeah um I just kind of wanted to say that part anyway uh so today i'd love to not only talk about rachel but the entire mitchell family their legacy is just so tragic yet so fascinating i have so many questions ready for you surrounding the mitchell girls and those that were associated with their tragedies but i'd love to start off by asking you to explain to the audience you know just in case nobody or people have maybe people forgot because i know this happened three to four years ago when you discovered you know the truth to their tragedy Um, i would love for you to just explain like a brief synopsis of uh, the Mitchell family and then we'll get into more specific well it's, it started out with I, I there's no doubt the first female spirit that ever contacted me in this house that, that woke me up in the night asking for help was no doubt Rachel it was a long time doing investigations before I actually found out her name was Rachel. You know, there was a lot of other activity going on besides Rachel as well. Then somebody talked to me about Irish Road, and and I looked up some um, facts about Irish Road, did some research, and I find out there was um, a 14-year-old girl that was murdered on the corner of Irish and Fuller Road back in 1912, and her name was Naomi Mitchell. So I was curious because everybody says, yeah, Irish Road's haunted. You need to go out there. So I started doing some investigations there. And I thought it was strange that when I went out to Fuller Road and this voice says, I didn't do it, Butch did it. And then he goes on to say, I didn't kill her. I'm like, and then the name Naomi comes up. I'm like, okay, this is really strange. Those captures prompt me to open up an investigation on the Naomi Mitchell murder. I'm like, well, if this guy, if this guy is uh, Jay Sherman Gray that murdered her and he's saying he didn't do it, then who did it? Mm-hmm. And that's when I started a long investigation on Naomi. But while I was investigating Naomi, I kept having encounters with Rachel. Right. While mm-hmm. doing some investigations... Um, when I asked Rachel, I go, Rachel, what's your last name? Finally, it came through that, you know, the, she said Mitchell. And I was like, wait a minute, what? And then I asked again, and I wanted confirmation. And I needed confirmation. Like I said, I'm one big that's on confirmation. And when she said it again and again and again, and when I asked if Naomi and Rachel were sisters and they answered back yes, I looked up the uh, Ancestry.com on, a, on the Mitchell family, and sure enough, there was a Rachel there. So powerful. Mm-hmm. Which shocked me. I mean, like, okay, so there was a Rachel Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Now, Naomi's 
friend next door, the day she walked to the store, she stopped by the neighbor's house and asked Edith if she could walk to the store with her, but Edith's mother said no. That's when um, Naomi ended up walking to the store by herself. Well, Edith's grandson is still alive today. I know him very well, and I talk with him and get a lot of historical facts from him. He's been in Carmel all his life. He's in his 80s. And he has a lot of information. And I was talking to him about the Rach, the Mitchell family. And I said, wow, it seems like tragedy must have really st- struck the Mitchell family. And he was telling me about one of the girls, the Mitchell girls that committed suicide. I go, well, do you know what her name was? And he said, I don't know. I can't remember. He goes, but she was pregnant out of wedlock and she was so shamed. She ended up committing suicide. Well, when I went back to the Mitchell research, I'm like, okay, there's a child that died at one years old. Um, Ava, I believe her name was. Ava Mitchell. She died at one year. But all the other Mitchell girls, with the exception of Naomi and Rachel, were all married, had children, and died later on in life. Mm -hmm. So it was a matter of process of elimination trying to figure out which one committed suicide while pregnant and it went it obviously pointed right back to Rachel when I started asking questions about this this is when the spirit started confirming that uh, Rachel said she was raped and I'm like holy smokes you know I mean they're confirming this so it was a step-by-step long-term investigation to try to get down to the bottom of it. And keep in mind, back then, I didn't know anything about paranormal investigations. And I had to listen closely. I didn't have the technology or any way of slowing things down. I mean, all I had was a cell phone camera and a cheap $69 camera. <laughs> that's a digital camera. I mean, that's all I had to work with. So. Yeah. Most of these investigations in the beginning was done on very, very cheap stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Excuse me. So it was hard to, you know, I had to spend hours listening and, and trying to piece this all together, but it finally all made sense Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, now let, let me mention this. You know, there are trolls out there that likes to say, oh, this is all made up. Rachel Mitchell never existed. Blah, 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 blah. She did exist. Uh, One of the Mitchell descendants, I did an interview with him. He had all kinds of paperwork on Rachel. He knew everything about Rachel. He knew that she died in the village of Carmel. You know, he wasn't exactly sure of her age, but he said she was over 20. But he knew about, he never watched the ghost of Carmel, Maine. All right, I contacted him. I I contacted a Mitchell family member, and they pointed me to to his direction. And I said, well, I'd like to talk with you because I was told that you have all the information on the Mitchell family. He goes, yes, I do. So he came and did a sat-down interview with me. He knew nothing about Ghost of Carmel, Maine. He had no idea, never watched it, never even heard of it. So when I asked him the questions, he had information about Rachel. After these trolls came out, you know, that wanted to try to discredit me. One of them got online on the ancestry.com and changed Rachel's birth birth year to 2012. Mm. And yeah. Wow. 
Oh, yeah. I've got the original copies. She was born in 1892. Well, when they changed it to 2012, that was a big mistake because the last son that was born in 2012, there is no way Rachel was born in 2012 because the mathematics don't add up. Because of when the new year hit, Evelyn was already pregnant with his, with his son and what, based on when he was born, he do the math of nine months. Even if he was a month early, it doesn't matter. There is no right way mathematically Rachel was born in 2012. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, 1912. It's mathematically impossible. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, no she would have, even if, even if um, she was conceived in 1912, she would have been a miscarriage at one or two months. Mm. So, who who would name a miscarriage? I mean, come on. Yeah, right. I mean, maybe people did back in those days, but no. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't have known the sex of a child. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, if the miscarriage is one month, who knows? I mean, I, mm-hmm. but, you know, it, it's just, you know, people went on and somebody went on there and changed it to try to discredit mm-hmm. me. I which doubt is, that it would be on Ancestry.com, like a one or two month miscarriage. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. Which, like, no. if that's how you want to grieve, that's fine. But I, I yeah, highly doubt highly it would be that. on Ancestry. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a copy of, uh, in 2001, one of the Mitchell descendants was talking about she heard there is a possibility Rachel was murdered. And I got a copy of that uh, screenshot when some lady was talking about that, which was a Mitchell descendant. And that was back in 2001. I didn't even live in Carmel back in those days. I mean, I didn't know nothing when that came out. So there is definitely, I pieced it together. Rachel Mitchell did exist. What people need to understand, well, why can't we find anything about her online? What's going on? Well, back in those days when you had a family that big, not all of the children are going to be on uh, mentioned in like, um, for instance, um, the census reports. Right. Not all of them are mentioned. You know, not just like Evelyn Mitchell. I couldn't find nothing on her. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Yep. After Naomi's murder, she she disappeared. Okay. Just because we couldn't find anything on her doesn't mean she didn't exist. Mm-hmm. There is no year she died. Nothing online about it. Wow. You know, I had to do a lot of research to get down to the bottom of Evelyn. I mean... So much research on it, and I was finally glad I found her and found out exactly what year she died. And it, you know, I that you know, all I can say is that was a lot of work. I mean, it it was, yeah. Which I want, I want to come back to Evelyn too about you know because I have questions about her as well. Yeah, go ahead. Well, when I was talking to Mark, uh, who is the Mitchell descendant who gave me all the information about um, Rachel and Naomi. And he also gave me information on the Ross side. The Ross, um, Naomi J. Mitchell, which was Naomi and Rachel's aunt, married into the Ross. And that's where the Ross descendants started. And he is telling me how, you know, that side also faced tragedy that one of the Ross ladies died in a freak accident on Irish road where a boat came off the trailer and went through the windshield and killed her. And that her son was also killed on Irish road in a motorcycle accident. And another son was killed on horseback road in a car accident. 
And I'm like, wow. I mean, that's that's a lot of tragedies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, when I started studying, something didn't seem right yeah. with that. I mean, what are the odds that a mother and two sons died in freak accidents? Mm-hmm. You know, that, so that something's not right. But and wasn't it like anyway, a thousand feet apart or something, too? Yes. That's, yep. That's insane. That's so I weird. mean, what, what the hell? Like, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. The mother and one of the sons died on Irish Road. And the son, it was about a thousand feet apart. But what was strange, the the lady that was killed from the boat accident uh, was a thousand feet away from where we, uh, Naomi Mitchell was found. So it was kind of strange what? that they were oh all that God, close so together. Weird. I just Shoot. have goosebumps. That's, that's, that's so creepy. chilling. Oh, gosh. So while I was doing the Ross history and doing the investigation on that, one thing led to another and come to find out um, the lady that was killed when the boat went through the windshield of the car was my grandson's great, great grandmother. Yeah, I remember. And I was told that I'm like, what? I said, are you kidding me? That means my grandson Great, 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 great grandmother is Naomi J. Mitchell. Yes. Which is the aunt to Rachel and Naomi. So that just completely blew me away. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, that's mind-boggling. And that's that's why I brought up, like, if you thought that it was fate that you ended up in the lamb house, even before making that connection, if there was some sort of, like, ancestral thing that predestination or, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, again, I can't answer that. I don't know, but don't yeah. get me wrong. I do scratch my head and wonder sometimes it's, because there's yeah, no way this could be all, <laughs> this, this all can't be a coincidence. I no mean, way. Yeah. So. You know, there's no just way. too many things when I do these investigations mathematically with dates, numbers, mm-hmm. events, um, just everything that just falls into place. I'm like, there's no way this could be a coincidence. No, no way. way. Mm-mm. No way. Uh, so while we're on the topic of Naomi, uh, let's let's delve into her story a little bit. She had a very tragic end to her life. And you know of the grandmother or was it the son of the grandmother that was the friend that Naomi visited before her fate? Um, I know the grandson uh, gotcha. to Naomi's friend. Yep. Yeah, delve into that a little bit. I'm curious about Naomi's story. Well, <clears throat> she lived um, on I. They lived on Irish Road, mm-hmm. and she, you know, had eleven other siblings. Yeah, I, she wasn't the oldest. Some of the newspaper articles got a lot of that screwed up. I mean, she wasn't the oldest child, but. Mm-hmm. Um, she helped her mother out a lot, and her mother just had a baby. And what's really strange is Naomi was actually murdered on her mother's birthday. Mm. Oh, my gosh. You know, and that's kind of shocked me. I mean, that once I put that together, I'm like, that is very, very tragic. tragic. No wonder the yeah, mother lost it. Tragic. You know? Oh, oh, yeah. I would I lose imagine. it. I would lose it. But there is a lot more to the story than what people let out as far as what took place in the store that day when Naomi was murdered. 
Mm. I mean, there are some men in there, absolutely. To nowadays, it would be considered sexual harassment, big time. Mm-hmm. What what they said to her. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. You know, and what was interesting, it was, you know, men that were in there saying the stuff. Jade Sherman Gray wasn't even a part of the conversation, although they were teasing him, okay. saying, "Oh, don't you like her? Don't you want to take her home with you?" And and Jay Sherman Gray said, "No, she." won't have nothing to do with me and jay sherman gray just ignored them basically do you but have a what brief, those guys were like s- description of who jay sherman gray is for those who don't know jay sherman gray was the man who was accused of naomi's murder oh, mm-hmm. okay yeah but he was mentally challenged mm-hmm. he probably had the mind of an 11 year old mm-hmm. okay. so yeah he was the man that the murder was pinned on him with absolutely no evidence at all none only that he was in the store the same day she was in the store the same evening that's the only evidence they had the guy said that jay sherman gray was walking up horseback road but he doubled back and went down fuller road but when i did the calculations on the timing by the time jay sherman gray doubled back and was going down fuller road naomi was already dead so there's no way it's impossible for him to that he murdered her but it was pinned on him you know he was an easy scapegoat you know and he couldn't defend himself he didn't have the mentality or the smarts to try to defend himself when he was accused for the murder that's so incredibly sad so she was sent on an errand and she went into the store and she was being harassed in the store she left and then somebody followed her and and like murdered her and then it was pinned on someone else who was mentally challenged oh gosh that's sad on on, on both sides yeah 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 wow yep jay sherman gray died in prison but you know um that's just despicable i hate that yeah, someone just said he was the scapegoat. Exactly. He yeah. was. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about Evelyn. So Evelyn was Naomi and Rachel's mother and had just yes. had a baby when she sent out Naomi mm-hmm. that day. Um, right. And put, to put it on a personal level, I can't imagine just having a baby, number one. Second, I sent out my own daughter to go on a small errand for me, what probably to pick up something from the store. And she leaves, she gets raped, and then is murdered viciously because she got slit by the neck and was left to die on the side of the road. I oh cannot imagine yeah. what we're, that was we're like both for Evelyn. Moms. Yeah, we're, we're both, both moms. moms. I can't, I just both have daughters run. too. Yeah. And just unbelievable. That is just so evil. Tragic. It's evil. I can't imagine why anyone would do that. And I can't imagine how Evelyn felt. Um, especially feeling like responsible for that. And it's interesting that you, I know that you said it was like hard to find files back in those days because nobody really kept up with that stuff. It seems like, you know, it was older times, but right. do you think she just fell off the face of the earth because she was so ashamed of what happened? So well, I was told by descendants that she ended up becoming a massive alcoholic Mm. and Phineas ended up divorcing her uh, divorcing her because of her alcoholism so she she pretty much died basically Mm. back in those days would be considered shamed Mm. 
mm. you know, a, a shameful situation. That's probably why she never had a headstone and there was nothing written on her. No, I mean, my God, the town of Carmel didn't even know she was buried there. I, you know, I finally tracked her down and was able to determine that she was in fact buried there. Mm. Mm. You know, so yeah, back in those days, a woman put away alcoholic, um, yeah, obviously, she definitely died in shame. Mm. Oh, my gosh. I just can't imagine the guilt that she must yeah. have felt. And then you reach for something that will hopefully, like, numb you of the pain that you're putting on yeah. yourself and also the pain yeah. of, of losing your child oh and then gosh. still dying in shame and not having a headstone. Yeah. I feel like I would come back to haunt, too. Like, I'd be uh, yeah. around and being like, here's the story. I would be able to leave. Yeah. Me neither. Well, just keep in mind, too, she just didn't lose Naomi. She lost Rachel, too. Right. Yeah. And she lost yeah. another one year old. Oh, right. Oh, my gosh. Really? You, oh, my gosh. Three children. Oh, please yep. delve into that because I, I, I had a hard time finding more about Evelyn. I was trying to cram everything into one session. But um, yeah, let's talk about Evelyn and what happened with Rachel. How did Rachel die? What about Edmund Lamb? Uh, Naomi, everybody. I I would love to just hear about what you found. Well, according to these spirits, according to what these spirits say, and according to even when I call out Edmund's name, who answers my questions, and this is based on the paranormal activity that Edmund shot Rachel and killed her. That's based on this paranormal activity. Now, I personally believe that based on the paranormal evidence being confirmed multiple times that there's a really, 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 really good possibility that's exactly what happened. Can I prove it? No. And because I can't prove it, I'm not coming out saying, yes, it's 100% Edmund killed Rachel. Yeah. It's, it's only based on the paranormal activity it's based on where these spirits led me to bone fragments that belong to Rachel. According to these spirits, those were Rachel's bone fragments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it when they when they say that she's buried under the in the basement under the house or how you know whatever their terminology is that they called it, and you find bone fragments, that's a lead that leads me to believe yes, this is accurate. I mean, what these spirits are telling me is very accurate. But there again, I still have to prove that those are are Rachel's bones. I still have to prove that somehow, some way that this, what they're saying is fact. But since I can't prove it, I can't come out and say it, obviously. You know, I have never, ever mentioned in any of the videos, I never said that Edmund murdered Rachel. Yeah. That's just what you can't find that in none of the videos. I just show what these spirits say and i repeat what they say but i also point out that this is based on paranormal activity right but it it makes it difficult when something happened that long ago how do you prove it there's no way to yeah there's no way but when you're getting when you're constantly getting these intelligent responses from these spirits Mm -hmm. in, in this house and they're saying this is what happened go into the basement, go find Rachel, you found her, blah, blah, blah. They've led you to this. So why would would them saying, oh, well, he shot her, wh- why would that be fake? When they're literally yeah. leading you to the remains of someone else. We can't mm-hmm. say that it's fact, 
but we can say this happened and this happened and then they also said this Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, based on what the spirit said, that Rachel was murdered, killed in this house. He, she was murdered. Um, she was shot by Edmund, according to these spirits. Mm-hmm. But then after I knew all that and learned all that, then a Mitchell descendant comes and tells me that Rachel died in the village of Carmel. Well, that's where the lamb house is at in the village of Carmel. Hmm. So, I mean, little pieces of the puzzle starts coming together where it starts making sense. But, right. you know, unfortunately, everybody that was alive back then that knew anything's dead now. Right. Yeah. And the only ones that are left that are from anyone that was alive back then, those people are in their 80s. Mm-hmm. And some people that I've talked to just don't remember anything. You know, it was so long ago that, and a lot of them aren't sure. I mean, they, you know, but. It's hard to get any sort of confirmation from the living. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, that's why I have to be careful. But, well, I'll tell you what, trying to track Evelyn down where she was buried was like, that was was a lot of hard work tracking her down. Yeah. Didn't you end up finding, like, a sticky note on a record or something? Yeah. Yeah, that yes, was just yes. I went to the town office and found a sticky note, and it was right on plot I two. And I asked the town office, I said, "Where did this sticky note come from?" They go, "I don't know. It's been there for years." <laughs> oh my oh, god! You know, and it 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 had Avis Avis's name on it. Avis was uh, Naomi's sister, and she's buried next to Naomi, but it has mm-hmm. Avis's na- uh, name and phone number on it. She and I called that phone right? number just. No, Avis was, uh, she grew up, you know, in an old age. It was Ava that was the one-year-old. Okay, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Close name. I'm sorry. I got confused. So it's like there's a sticky note right on I-2 that says Evelyn, a date that when she died August 2nd, 1929. And I'm like, okay, does that mean that, and then it had had, had that, I'd have to go back and look at my records to know exactly what it said. But so I've talked to Find a Grave, the lady that comes to the Carmel that she's with Find a Grave, and I asked her if she can help me do some research. And I told her exactly everything that I found. <clears throat> and she says, Well, here's a probe. You need to just probe around there, see if you can find her grave. I'm like, What? She goes, Yeah, she shoved the she showed me how to do it. You know, you shove the probe in the ground and you know, and make sure that you do, do a large circle to make sure it's a casket and you're not hitting a rock. I'm like, oh, okay. So I went out there and probed around there, and sure enough, there's definitely a casket next to Naomi on the left side. Really? Oh, wow. No doubt. Definitely a casket. Huh. Okay. No markings, no headstone. No How sad. Yeah, when I probed Naomi's grave and, and you know, touched her casket, that kind of gave me a really strange, strange feeling. I mean, I could mm. feel on my hands that probe was touching her casket. I'm like, yeah, because I oh. wanted to see how it worked. I, I knew there's a casket there. So, yeah. um, yeah. and back in those days, they weren't buried that deep. Oh, you know, maybe oh, yeah. two feet down. Really? I didn't what know a that. weird yeah. feeling that has. Oh, that to be. must be so beginning and end of life moment right there. That's yeah. really scary. Yeah, the reality of Naomi really hit me once I felt that probe touch her casket. 
Right. And even more strange. What's that? How old was she? She was 14. Oh, me. But see, even more strange, just you think about it, Naomi, her autopsy was also done here in the lamb house. Yeah, I remember you said right in the kitchen, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) My gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. I, I don't know if it was done in the in the kitchen. I mean, that's oh, something gotcha. that was an assumption on my part. An assumption. <laughs> I don't I don't believe now it was the kitchen, but we got a lot of very strong, very good information about the Lamb House that will be coming out eventually in a documentary Ooh. that will rest everything, lay it to rest once and for all. Everybody will fully one hundred percent understand what happened what was going on in this house. They will fully understand why the paranormal activities in this house. They will fully understand why there's a dark portal. They will understand why Abby's looking for her head. It'll all make sense. But I, you know, it's something that I'm going to, that will be mentioned in a documentary that's going to be worked on coming. Hopefully we'll start working on it this summer. Oh, awesome. I'm really looking forward to that. (laughs) We will be watching. But it will... (laughs) It will have everything that I've learned. And, you know, once once I got all this information and tight, finally tied it all together and connected the dots, everything made sense. Mm. That is so interesting. Um, let's talk a little bit more about Edmund. I know we can't fully confirm that he is the murderer or anything. I know. But I want to talk about him. He He has such a huge connection to your house. He, it was yeah. his undertaking. It was his second undertaking business. I guess he moved to the lamb house, which was a schoolhouse yeah. back in the day, right? Well, that building that's in the front was a schoolhouse that was moved gotcha. here. I see. I see. So much history in your house. It is just unbelievable Crazy. sometimes. It's yeah, when so Edmund came back to Carmel, when Edmund came back to Carmel, he was the undertaker, but he had a horse harness shop behind the lamb house and it was just a one room building where he sold horse supplies and, and, you know, it was a store basically. And, and he also did cobbler repairs, but that's where his horse harness shop was. And he also had a sign there, Edmund E.L. Lamb Undertaker, and that's where he operated out of there. Back in those days when the 1800s, they did the funerals at people's homes Right. Well, time changed. I mean, by 1900, funeral homes was more, or what they call funeral parlors or living rooms, was the way the way everybody was doing it. You know, handling their their loved ones that they were no longer being handled inside the private homes anymore. They're taking the funeral homes. A bombing was a big thing back in those days, and. So Edmund had to basically get something set up to stay up at the times because all the towns surrounding Carmel all had funeral parlors, but Edmund had to get one set up because people were take, having other undertakers take care of their loved ones' funerals. I gotcha. So that's when he set up the Lamb House as mm-hmm. a funeral parlor. And Edmund actually never lived in this house. I know exactly where the – I finally was able to track down the house he lived in. I haven't talked about it yet. That will come out in this documentary that I was telling you about. I'm so looking forward to that documentary. (laughs) But I know exactly where the house is at. I've got old pictures of it. I got the lamb 
Ed Lamb's name under the picture, wow. you know, and exactly where the house is at. He did not live in this house. And when, when Naomi died, this was a funeral parlor back then. Even the newspaper said that her body was taken to the undertaker's rooms in the village of Carmel. Well, when they said rooms, there's no way they're going to do an autopsy on Naomi in a, in a storefront. Right. Yeah. You know, at, at the store. I mean, that's that. They're not going right. to do that. No. By 1912, this lamb house was the funeral parlor, and this is where they did the autopsy on Rachel. I mean, um, on Naomi. Mm. So he, yeah, he moved his business, his undertaking business, from the horse harness shop and opened up the lamb house, which I call the lamb house. Opened up this house as the funeral parlor, and. What's going to be really neat in the documentary is there. there's proof, physical proof, that this was definitely a funeral parlor. Can't wait to show that. Oh, I oh can't wait to watch that. Okay, That's you're awesome. going to have to come back on after this documentary oh comes out, and you're going to have to tell us all <laughs> yes. about it. Yeah, we're going to have to have first dibs on the podcast. Yes, we would please. love to talk to you about this. I know we're going to have to I, I found a treasure trove of relics. That's all I can tell you. Oh, my really? gosh. I'm so excited. <laughs> Wait, okay, so that reminds me, this is a random question, but you and Adam had gone upstairs, this was years ago, probably four years ago, three or four, and you guys went upstairs and found a bunch of Edmund Lamb's stuff that he kept in the garage. Yeah. What was that like? You're going through all of his stuff was so interesting. He well, <laughs> I didn't know it was his until I talked to Edith's grandson, you know, the guy that knows everything about everybody here. Yeah. As far as the past, and he he's said, like, "Oh no, yeah, know. that's Edmonds." <laughs> yeah, he told him, oh "No, that's God. Edmonds." He goes, oh "I got his cobbler tools out of there, you know." So he got Edmonds cobbler tools, and he goes, "No, that was definitely Edmonds." Oh my but gosh, the Colsons, the Colsons that bought this house from Hattie in 1947, they even had belongings up in the garage still. Wow! wow. No you know, way. I found an old old receipt where the Colsons were renting this house. Well, their their family actually ran it in 1944. I have the receipt that was written out wow. uh, to the Colsons when they were renting this house. That's, <laughs> That's why I'm saying Ed Edmund and Hattie never lived in this house. Gotcha. You know, they rented it out after he after he sold his you know undertaking business out. He kept his house, gotcha. but he pretty much rented it out and. I have the names written down somewhere that rented it first. And then when, after Edmund died, Hattie sold the house to the Colsons and the daughter of the Colsons actually lived in this house with family as a girl. Hmm. And they stayed in here and would continue to rent the house and they ended up buying it up until now, Mr. Colson died in the house here in the lamb house. And after he passed away, um, Mrs. Colson sold it to um, Edith's, you know, the grandson of Edith that was friends of Naomi. Mm-hmm. Right. He owns the lamb house, by the way. Oh, wow. It's full circle. That's, That's insane. So <laughs> the connections <laughs> just just make me go crazy. I can't handle it. <laughs> it's so weird how full circle everything is. And it's so impressive how you've been able to connect. Yeah. You are on to top of everything. I mean, it's unbelievable. Insane. Yeah. yeah. He's, he definitely loves ghosts of Carmel, Maine. Let's put it that way. And he said that, 
He said now whenever somebody's going to want to know history about Carmel, they're going to have to come to you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because you need to go I've done so much Yeah. I've done so much research here that you know, it's like I really got to know this town very well. And it's, it's so interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just I've been watching all your videos. We've been watching all your videos this past week and I feel like I'm an expert on the on the town of Carmel as well. It, we love <laughs> following this journey with you it's just fascinating what you're able to find out i mean honestly it's just it's like no other i've never seen another youtube channel me neither like me neither it's 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 like it's like a book i feel like i'm reading a very interesting book a very long (laughs) series of books that are all just like all of the dots end up connecting at the very end and it's just like unbelievable i can assure you that book's going to get more interesting Ooh, I oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. And see, that's that's another reason why I kind of stopped. There's a couple reasons why I stopped doing investigations in the house right now. Mm-hmm. One of them, of course, things need to settle down. But another reason is every everything's being saved for this documentary that's, you know, that hopefully will get put together, filmed come summer. You know, um... You know, so there's going to be a documentary coming, and I can't say much more about it than that. All right. But I will announce it. Yeah, we don't want to. You know, we don't want you to to say anything that you're not supposed to say. But you are going to have to come back on it, and once after this documentary comes out, you're going to have to come back on and talk about it, and we'll we'll deep dive into it. (laughs) You'll give us all the details. Yeah, it's it's gonna be amazing. So excited! I can't wait. So one but last no, question. The books, oh, go the ahead. Book's go not ahead. finished being written. Book's not oh. finished being written. There's a few more chapters in there that'll be coming out. Oh, I can't oh, wait! So excited! Oh, this will be so interesting. Um, one last question, and then we'll jump into the Q and A section. Um, and I didn't actually write this, but I just thought of it. So technically, I know we don't have like an answer to the question of what happened to Rachel, but there was, and you confirmed this, an unplanned pregnancy. It was out of wedlock. And I know back in the day, there was a lot of shame surrounding that. Did, do you think Edmund had something to do with that pregnancy? Or Alfred? Well, based on the investigations, but I had never had it confirmed. And I, and that's something that will have to be confirmed. According to these spirits, Alfred was the one that got Rachel pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know, but who is it's, Alfred? Well, that I don't know either. I mean, mm-hmm. I've done investigations. These spirits said the last name of Clement. But when I tried to get, you can't, I can't come out and say Alfred's last name was definitely Clement based on one investigation. Right. You know, I have to have multiple confirmation that confirms that 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 was definitely his last name. And I haven't right. got it. Right. But I haven't really tried getting it either, to be honest with you, because so many so many other things have come up. Oh, yeah. And because they hardly mention Alfred anymore, I just kind of leave the name alone. Yeah. Maybe you know, now they're harping on. I don't know. I mean, maybe because I didn't respond, they're not talking about it anymore. Mm. I don't know. But now they're hot on Franklin. You know, I'm like, okay, well, geez, what did he do? Yeah. 
I haven't I haven't got that far with the investigation yet who Franklin is. So yeah, then Franklin comes up and now I got a Molly coming up. I'm like, okay, well, who's Molly? And you know, it's like, okay, you guys need to slow down here. These are too many names. Every time I Yeah, see when I do an investigation in this house, it's I'm trying to take the investigation in one direction. But right. these spirits have other things in mind and taken in a complete different direction. <laughs> you have no so when I go and listen to the evidence, I'm like, okay, well, this video is not going to be about what I wanted it to be about. It's going to have to be about what these spirits talked about. Right. And it's like I told people, these aren't script. You know, I have no idea what's going to happen in investigation. Mm-hmm. Every video is based on what's captured. And I have no idea after an investigation what a video is even going to be about until I go over the evidence. Once I hear the theme of what they're talking about, I go back and redo it another investigation to see if they can talk more about it. I may go back. You know, I went to Bucksport four times. Yeah. You know, just uh, check on things. But, you know, it's it's not like, and I told people, I don't write this, the story behind this. The spirits do that. The spirits are the one that writes the scripts. I don't even think you'd be able to remember all these names and all these stories of all these people if you just made it up. Oh, good God, no. I I can't even remember on my grandkids' birthdays, much less. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you can't make up this whole whole thing. It's just wild. You can't make it up. That's that's it. No. I mean, it's, it's, you know, that's like people crack me up. Oh yeah, this is all made up and fake. Well, why would I fake this? Give me one good reason why I would fake this. Yeah. Literally what, what it's like, what are you bored or something? What, what, more well, I mean, what, yeah. Have? Well, I mean, what's, yeah. what's in it for me to fake this? It's not like yeah. I'm making money off of it. I mean, but the YouTube channel is not monetized. I don't even, huh? you know, I've been on nukes top five and other places i don't contact jay davis trying to get on nukes top five i mean he contacts me and said hey can i use this i said yeah go ahead you know i don't contact people trying to push ghosts of carmel maine they contact me you guys did i ever con did i ever contact you guys no 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 i don't contact (laughs) people that's not what i do you know i don't do anything to push ghosts of carmel maine you know i just I just do the investigation and put the videos out. Now, if somebody wants to talk like you guys wanted to, fine. I mean, you know, yeah, I'll talk to you about it. But We appreciate it. Yes, we do. You know, it's like, it's, you know, it wouldn't be worth all the trouble of faking something if if you're not making all kinds of money off of it or something. I mean, I've been doing this for four years now. Ghost of Carmel Maine's over four years old, and that that YouTube channel's still not monetized. I have no Patreon account set up. There have been people that set up GoFundMe's for equipment, which I highly appreciate that mm-hmm. because I've got a lot of good equipment now. But that every dime of that goes back into the equipment to continue these yeah. investigations. It's but not money that's going in your pocket, exactly. Yeah, I mean, to sit there and fake a story, fake the evidence, fake everything about it that would that would be way, 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 way too much. Crap, you know, and it wouldn't be worth it. I mean, no, no. God, if I wanted to 
get popular i'd do uh historical videos on youtube and monetize it you're and really do good historical at things you, should, you know can't you could do that because you are really good at that yeah i mean if i wanted to make money i'd do car crash videos my god they got over a million subscribers just watching cars smash up you know or, or a cooking a cooking youtube yes. channel yes. Two million subscribers and totally all these i mean you know, hey, let's do cooking with Kent. You know, if I wanted yes. to make money and stuff, that's the way I would yes. go. Not, not yes. paranormal. Kent, <laughs> we you love need to have a chef's Kent. hat. You need to have a chef's hat and an apron with Shadow Dude's face on it. <laughs> Kent. Yeah. yeah. You know, because if you think about it, paranormal on YouTube is not the biggest topic. I mean, no. There's there's a few channels out there that hit a million, three or four, five. I don't know. But for the most, yeah. I mean, but for the most part, paranormal is not big on YouTube. So, you know, and I know that. So, what would be the point of faking stuff on a paranormal show on YouTube? It, It wouldn't be worth it waste of time especially with all of the hours and hours and hours and years (laughs) of work that you've put into it i can't imagine that you'd be faking it and yeah and to be honest like kent like we've said before you have the most convincing paranormal video and audio evidence that we have ever seen on the internet you do and me looking at it i've seen i've watched plenty of nukes top five as well oh seen yeah on there congratulations That's, i found him through king frostmare I'm pretty sure. <laughs> as soon as I, I saw that scary dark figure i was like i need to go to that man's account and i'm gonna watch all of his videos and i did yes <laughs> and like there's there's no discrediting what you see in ken's videos and it is super straightforward it's super blunt and then seeing everything line up and the dots connect just mm-hmm. makes it that much more real. So I don't know how people can be like, mm, that's fake. Oh, I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. But there's still people yeah. out there. Um, yeah. You know what? I They can say what they want to say. Honestly, it doesn't bother me. I know it's real. I mean, it's this is Ghost of Carmel, Maine. I do the investigations. I put the yeah. investigations on the YouTube channel for everybody to learn from it. And I leave it at that. I mean, I'm not, I don't get on social media trying to, you know, answer to these people that, oh, yeah, you're a fake, you're a con man. You know, I'm, I don't I don't answer to them. No, mm-hmm. you don't. No. I answer to these spirits. I mean, you know, I, I, I have to answer to my conscience. And that's, you know what? The paranormal identification, when he wanted to come out here to the Lamb House, he says, well, I'll give you $500 because that's the going rate. And I said, oh, no, no, uh-uh. I said, no, I don't want any money. And I had to explain to him why. And I said, look, Blake, if I start making this about money, you pay me money to come into this house to talk to these spirits. These spirits are not stupid. Mm. All right. Oh, yeah. They Big. can't be made about the exchange of money. I'm sorry. I can't do it. And every person that's ever been to this house, nobody's ever been char- charged a dime to come in here. Now you go to places like the Sally house or all these other places, you're going to be paying a lot of money to go in there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just, just all these big hot spots of paranormal, which I, you know, which I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I'm not big on watching paranormal shows, but the ones I've watched, I'm like, well, what did they capture? That's paranormal. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna you say, know, I don't, don't get it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, 
you know, I don't see anything that, I mean, you can sit there and scream, oh, I felt this until you're blue in the face. But to me, that's not evidence. Yes. yes. Right. You know, oh, I got possessed. Well, you know what? To me, that's not evidence. How do I know that, you know, you didn't have a few beers and that, you know, got stupid. I don't, yes. you know, that's, <laughs> or, or, or somebody goes in there, oh, the spirit told me this, the spirit's telling me that, I see this, I see that. Well, you see it, but the audience doesn't I see don't. it. Yeah, exactly. Right. We have to take your word for it. I want proof. Yes. You know, I want evidence. I, you know, I, I, and when I do these investigations, I do everything possible to capture the evidence. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of science behind it on how it works. You know, a lot of people don't, I mean, even paranormal investigators don't understand how it really works because they're busy copying the other person and that person's copying another person and it's a chain reaction when are you going to start digging in and understanding how this activity works mm -hmm. and understanding the spirit realms because once you understand how it works you will understand how to investigate your videos to hear what you captured mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that's um what a lot of people that watch you including us really appreciate that it's more than just you walking around with the camera and in any little teeny tiny noise that you're here you're like mm, ghost <gasps> oh no you know yeah. like yeah. You're actually going through the motions of figuring things out listening to what these spirits are saying and and trying to help and doing yeah. the best that you can yeah. and and well, we really every channel that. yeah mm-hmm well, if you notice too, when I do an investigation, there's still, there's captures of things people that spirits say, but I don't even point it out because yes. I'm trying to stay on the topic of what they're talking about. If they're talking about Franklin, you know, uh, and, and giving me information about Franklin, another spirit pops up and says, my horse was green. I mean, I'm not going to point out, okay, this spirit said his horse is green, everybody. I'm, I'm going to leave that alone. I'm staying on the topic of what these spirits are telling me. And, and fortunately in the lamb house, you get a lot of spirits. The minute they know I'm doing an investigation, here they come. They're like everybody go, yeah, let's go talk to him. Let's tell him. Yeah. 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 Kent's doing an investigation. <laughs> Kent's here. Get to the <laughs> <laughs> they all, they oh, all speak at the same time. I never showed this on a video. I never showed this on a video. I've got, there was a guy that came here that wanted to do a documentary. <laughs> he wanted to do a documentary on the Lamb House. So, you know, he comes here from out of state. His friend flies in. His friend's also a paranormal investigator. And I, I think they underestimated the Lamb House. I think a lot of but, people do. I think a lot of people do, yeah. 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 So they come here, and I said, well, you know, uh, Fridays are pretty active. Oh, Okay. I mean, there's this night when when we were doing the spirit box session, there was voice on top of voice after voice on top of voice after voice, just on and on and on for an hour nonstop. There was no pause. Tons and tons of voices just talking. He, he took out the silver bag thing. I don't know what you call it. You put it over your spirit box to block any radio stations. He goes, here, put that on your PSB7 so we can block any stations coming in. I put that over the, the PSB7. It didn't even phase it. Oh, my <laughs> God. Really? They were, they were going, how do you make a video out of this? I said, there's no way I can. 
this is Sorry. way too much information. <laughs> you, I can't do a video out of this, you know, but the, the spirits that night were just, I mean, they were on a roll just oh. talking. They were literally talking over the top of each other. And both of them are standing there with their mouths dropped, just staring and like, Insane. they're shaking their head. He goes, I've never seen anything like this. I bet not. I feel like everyone says that. They're like, I've never seen anything like this. That's like, <laughs> I need to be on a t-shirt when they go to your house. Yes. Right. Yeah. That, 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 that started out with the lady in the basement with the sage. Yeah, I, I just watched that one this morning. Yeah. yeah I've never seen anything <laughs> like this. Everybody says that. Right? Everyone. Yeah. But anyway, well, this has been awesome. Thank you. Yeah, this has been on. so great, Ken. Yeah. We really appreciate Always good you to have you on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no yeah. problem. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, we're going to jump into like the Q&A real fast, if that's okay, if you have time. Okay. Yep. That's fine. Yep. Okay. Just a um, few questions from people's. But go do ahead. You want me to go ahead and, and do this yeah. really quick. Do we're gonna do like a quick, uh, yeah. Little... We're gonna do like a quick plug, Kent. If you want to take a break, take a sip of water yeah. just for a, a second, restroom. and then we'll get into. <laughs> okay, I'll be back. I'll be back right. in three minutes. Okay, okay. take your Sounds time. Perfect. We're gonna do this first. Um, anybody who's watching, if you have any questions for Kent, um, go ahead Welcome and leave below. them in the comments right now, so that How's by the time chance? he gets. Yeah, by the time that he gets back, we'll be ready to read them all. Gentle reminder that Kent has asked for us to avoid topics of anything dark and demonic. So please respect that in the questions that you're leaving down below. But go ahead and just drop as many questions that you have. Do as many as you want. (laughs) And so we're going to take a a minute or two before our Q&A to remind you guys that we recently dropped Two Ghouls merch. And I don't know if you noticed, but... She's wearing it. I'm wearing it. (laughs) Oh, very sexy, Sam. I like it. I love it. Two ghouls merch. And I'm wearing let's see if I can turn around and show the back. Show the back. Oh, this is my favorite design. All designed by me. I work my ass off on this shit and it looks nice. It looks crisp. It looks nice. Tell them about how comfortable that sweatshirt is on your skin right now. Dude, it's so soft. Like I don't know if you can see the inside that it's a completely different texture than the outside. It's super soft, like a blanket. It's literally Mm. like a blanket. It's super soft. Whoa, I knocked my (laughs) mic over. (laughs) I got too excited. Yes, yes. It's super soft. It's literally like a blanket. It's perfect for the winter. Such good quality. Mm-hmm. And if you guys want to check out our merch, there is a link for our Teespring shop in the description down below. Mm-hmm. And we have more than just this design, which me and the skeletons on the back are me and Katie saying, ew, dude, I'm scared. And then she's <laughs> like, oh, me too. Um, very cute designs that's not the only design that we have i was going to show you guys but i don't want to like take up too much time so you guys just take our word for it i'm actually going to put the link to the description or link to our merch shop in the chat box right now if you guys want to take a look and if you don't feel like spending the money on a hoodie there's t-shirts there's stickers for just a couple of bucks mugs uh so if you guys enjoy our podcast the option for uh merch is there I can attest to it being good quality. I have a long sleeve mm-hmm. shirt as well, which is also really good quality. And it supports our show. It helps us out here, guys. We are a small podcast, but we do this every week. We bring you guys spooky content once a week, um, except for holiday weeks. But yeah, yeah, we're enjoying it. We love it. So we would love your support. Um, also, while Ken's gone, do you want me to jump into the uh, other half? 
Yeah, I was just going to say, if you want to keep up with us outside of our weekly posts, um, like our weekly episodes, you can follow me on Instagram at Samantha Rain, R-A-I-N-E, seven on Instagram. You can follow Katie on Instagram at hello.spooky or (laughs) hey, I'm Katie Ryan, K-A-T-I-R-Y-A-N. And then we also have a a Two Ghouls podcast Facebook page, which you can just look up Two Ghouls podcast. Two Ghouls podcast. Yep. Everything is on there. I update pretty much every day. And then Katie, if you want to do the anchor one, and then we're good to go for the Q and A. The pink. Okay, I'm 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 back. Hey, we're almost done. We're almost done. Into the questions. (laughs) Uh, The pink, right, Sam? Yes. All right. So we hope that if you're enjoying our content, you'll help to sustain future episodes and financially provide us the opportunity to bring you even better content by becoming a monthly patron of this podcast for your choice of 99 cent, 4.99 or even 9.99. Whichever price you choose, your patronage will be used to help bring you even better episodes, interesting guests, greater quality and more. You can find the link to that in the description of this live or by visiting the link on my Instagram account at hello.spooky. We also do audio versions of this podcast over on Spotify. So yeah, that was it. Uh, jumping into the Q and A section, guys. What do I'm, you I'm have looking. for us? I'm looking. You know, look sees. Um, it looks like we just have a couple, so it'll be a short Q and A section. Yeah, I can't. We're not going to take up too much long. more of your time. <laughs> Thanks for sticking around for so long. I know this was a long episode, but this was very. That's oh, all right. I got all my questions answered. Perfect. Um. Um, somebody under the username, Mr. Bacon said, Hey, Kent, does the couple who came to investigate the lamb house have a channel? Uh, the lady with the long hair said that she nearly peed herself on the stairs when she heard a voice in her ear. Do they have? A- <laughs> have a oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's Tara. No, they don't have a YouTube channel. Oh, okay. I remember them. Yeah. This was like a yeah. year and a half ago or two years ago. Right. Or am I thinking of someone else? Yeah. That's a couple years. That's, um, in one of the, I did a long uh, a few episodes of Encounters in the Lamb House with That's different right. people coming to visit. She, yeah, yeah stay. Yeah, they came from Utah. In fact, she did investigations here with me for a while. Um, that okay. she went on with me and her I husband. Remember. Yeah, you guys went out to but, camp. You went out to a spiritualist camp together, right? Yes, Camp That's Camp right. Etna. That's right. Mm-hmm. You said her name was Tara. Is she the, is she also the girl that was in the Bucksport investigation? Yes. Yeah. For there a we little go. bit, making yeah. the connection. That's who it is. I thought so. Yep. Yeah, but she was. She came on the um, the Benjamin's Pub investigation, and she's uh, she's been in the Lamb House on a lot of investigations. Those just never made video. You know, right. I've got, I've got, I've got two um external hard drives 2t that's filled up with stuff that's never even made it to video yet i believe it i believe every last word of that yeah for sure somebody Mm -hmm. uh named lee said who the hell is the stinky ghost (laughs) i swear to god i hear that we had every q a yeah i think we had this yeah he's lee too (laughs) You, you know um if I would have heard that in real time, I would have done a follow-up on that. You know, I mean, seriously. I mean, ask Kent, you smell like, you know, S-H-I-T. I mean, I, I would have had to have done a follow-up on that right on the spot just to find out who in the heck right. smells like cock-off. Yeah, that was, that was, 
when I heard that, I busted up laughing. I mean, that's that's what's not neat about these investigations. You never know what these spirits are going to say. And believe me when I say this, they say a lot of things that I cannot put on the YouTube channel. That There's is no way. Stuff. No way can I put it on the YouTube channel. It's bad. Yeah. I'm like, wow, you guys need some spirit soap. To wash your mouths out. Wash I mean, your ghost mouth out. Some spirit hot sauce. Some no. I mean, some of the stuff they. Some of the stuff these male spirits say to women. I mean, seriously. Oh. I'm like, yeah, that's not gonna make it in the YouTube. Mm. You know, I'm like, yeah. 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 In fact, Tara, I won't tell you what the spirit said. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were doing an investigation together on the these spirits just was all over her saying stuff and she goes kent please please don't put that in the video <laughs> and i was laughing God. i said no i won't that, that won't make it in the video trust oh me oh my gosh That's, uh, people forget these these spirits were real people and they probably were yeah. very naughty people <laughs> oh yeah Oh yeah. Well, and I yep. think that's a, a good way for people to understand, like you talking about all of the, the documentation that you have of all of this activity that has never reached YouTube because it's a real place. It's our real home where real people live. Yeah. And it's just like, that's why Personal I said earlier. Stuff. Right. That's why I said earlier, like, it's not a museum where when the sun goes down or like 6 p.m., it's like the doors are locked, everybody leaves and it's all over with. This is like a constant circle. Um, I do see yeah, and, Sorry. go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. And everybody needs to remember too. Some of these people were alive back in the 1800s, 19, early 1900s, and they are aware of what's going on in the world today. And they do not like a lot of the stuff that's going on. Yeah. And when they say stuff about it, certain things, I mean, I, there's no way I can put that on the YouTube channel because one, I don't want to turn this into a political thing. I don't want to turn this into a religious thing. And I don't want to turn it into a rated X thing. Yeah. Right. If that makes any sense. I mean, it does. you know, I mean, even one, one sp female spirit was talking about abortions. I mean, I'm, I'm like, well, mm -hmm. and what she had to say about it, I can't put that on the YouTube channel because you know, you have to be politically correct nowadays. They say, okay, he's making a political stance on something. Well, I'm not the one that said it. The spirit right. said it, not me. But I'm not right. going to show it anyway because, sure enough, then you're going to complain that, oh, yeah, you know, you know, Kent's being politicizing the YouTube channel. So I try to be very careful what I put on there and what I leave out. Yeah. You know, and, and some of it would be definitely considered hate speech. Some yes, of the stuff these spirits say, I mean, no doubt would be hate speech. And there's no doubt if I put that on the YouTube channel, that would be flagged and removed. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Totally. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot of things I can't put on there, what these spirits say. But, you, you know, I mean, they're from a different time era. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and you can't put a filter on them. They're just going to say whatever nope. it is that they want to say ghosties. and then get their opinions across. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's like nowadays people, I mean, people nowadays, this younger generation, I mean, do they, they don't really take thought in, you know, about their burials. They, they probably don't understand the importance of a burial after you die. I mean, back in those days, 
what happened to somebody's remains when they died was very, very important to them. Like sacred. You know, it, mm-hmm. yeah, it was sacred to them. I mean, their their bones and their resting place. I mean, it was it was they thought of it religiously. Well, a lot of people don't think that way nowadays. Nowadays, people are cremated and their ashes are just scattered somewhere or left on a mantle or or sitting in a closet somewhere. Nobody really thinks like the way they thought back in those days. But a burial to somebody was very sacred. So when a spirit gets upset about their about their remains, you know, about their death, I mean, based on their way of thinking, you know, they have legitimate reasons for being upset. Yeah, it's like whereas, yeah, I mean, whereas nowadays, if you know, you hear people say, "I don't care if if I die, just flush me down the toilet, or you know, I'll just cremate me, and you know, or I'll just." donate my body to science or whatever i mean and i'm not downing people for that i mean that's no, that's yeah, their that's decision the but, right but my point yeah the point is back there was a day people were very very concerned that when they died where their remains went for sure mm-hmm. very right. true totally maybe that's understand. why rachel was so adamant that you found her body or something that's exactly why that totally explains so I mean, much think yeah. about she was just murdered and thrown away like garbage oh yeah, yeah. That's terrible that's mm. terrible mm. um i see one more question and it says does kent believe that there are interdimensional entities that visit earth perhaps just as, as observers people call these uh entities extraterrestrials or light beings but i feel that we have always had such visitors okay First of all, let me remind you, before I got into the investigating this paranormal, I was such a skeptic, you know, a big skeptic. You know, I didn't, I, I, I believed in spirits, but non-humanoid spirits existed, but I didn't believe in ghosts, all right? right. I'm the type of person that before I believe something, I have to see it for myself. Yep, same I have to have proof. It needs to be proof given to me before i believe it mm-hmm. do i believe in bigfoot no because i've never seen bigfoot do i believe in sasquatch no i never seen do i believe in ufos no i never saw a ufo before are all these people lying that said they saw them no i'm not saying that but for me for myself for me to believe something i need proof I need evidence that'll convince me that whatever it is that I'm going to believe in definitely exists. So interdimensional beings, I don't know because I don't, it's not a subject that I looked into. It's not a topic that I studied into. It's not, you know, I mean, it's possible. Maybe I've come across them and not even known it. I mean, knew about it. You know, one of these apparitions in this house could have been one. I don't know. Okay. But, you know, it's just, it's just a subject that I don't know enough about to say yes or no on. Right. I think that's a pretty level-headed answer. I would answer the same way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Yeah. (laughs) Me too. Well, yeah. I think that was everything that we needed from you, Kent. I think we're good. Thank you for coming on. This was awesome. Oh, Always no problem. Love having you on. Yeah. Yes, this Ken, is thank you so much. We appreciate yeah. it so much. We love your channel. Like we're avid watchers. Oh we, yeah. We, we, did it, we, did just, we love it. 
<laughs> we didn't just watch well, I appreciate it. because you were coming on. We genuinely do watch your channel. We, we really mm-hmm. appreciate you coming on and the information that you've given us is so great. And I'm sure that the people watching think so too. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Yep. Well, thanks I know everybody that. loves lamb house videos, but eventually I'll get back to them. But for now I'm just catching up Please on stuff. Rest. that. Take the time you need. Yeah. Yeah. Do what Absolutely. you need to do. And we'll be sitting over here watching while you're <laughs> yeah. doing whatever else that you need to do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 I've been, I've been working on the Bangor house videos, so that should be coming out in December. Yeah. I'm so this excited month. to see. Well, we'll be watching. Yeah. Well, thanks so sure. much. Okay. Have a great night. Yep. No problem. Thank yep, you so t- much, Kent. Oh, I cut him off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's everything from us. Uh, yeah. We hope that you have a fabulous night. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.